This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. All right, take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Thank you, David. We've been in the Beatitudes. How many of you have been enjoying these Beatitude teachings? I hope you have. It's the greatest, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, is the greatest sermon, they say, ever preached, and I have to give my amen to that. Tough to beat. I mean, it's all good. Let's just be honest. It's all wonderful. It's all Jesus. So, so the Beatitudes are the Magna Carta, the constitution of our faith. We should know them. <laughs> Can we have fun tonight? All right. You should know more about the Beatitudes than shofars. <laughs> it's, I can do stuff here I just don't get to do other places. Well, you should know more about, oh, where am I allowed to stand because of the picture? Right here? Up there? I'm staying right here. Is this okay? Okay. You adjusted the lights. That's good. We should know more about the Beatitudes than a lot of the stuff that we get into. And God is shifting this whole thing. He's making it truly about Jesus again. As I said, it is impossible to know the Lord without knowing His Word. Since He is true, whatever He says flows from His heart. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. So when the Lord speaks, it's an invitation into His heart. When you're not true, your words do not match your heart. You follow me? How many of you ever said hallelujah and you really did not mean praise ye the Lord? Everyone here, right? How many of you were having a horrible day and somebody said, how are you doing? You said, wonderful. Bless God, I'm highly favored. How many of you ever done that? How many of you felt like you just found yourself clapping in a church service and had no idea why? You're like, oh, that was so good. Right? That's called Repetition. It's actually religion. It's form with no power. It's repetition without presence. And that's what happens when, when uh, church sets in without Jesus. So we say things we don't really mean that are not in our hearts, and you can feel that. Like River, River was doing like a swim move up here. I don't know if you guys saw it on her face. You have no, but you have no... One thing I know, that's coming from her heart. Do you follow me? You pick it up. People who change rooms, people who shift rooms, they take rooms from just the most boring, dark, oppressive environments to life are people who actually mean what they say. When your words match your heart, there's power and authority involved. You pick it up. Some people, I mean, one person, I'll never forget this, Jesse was there. Somebody took one of my sermons from Jesus 17 in a big event and copied it word for word and preached it in a big event. I mean, word for word. It wasn't like, 
Michael said this. It was like the entire sermon. There was nothing different. So when I heard it, yeah, and it was long. It was like an hour. And I'm like, dude, I, someone sent it to me. I'm like, man, that's pretty good. And I was like, hey, hey, wait, that's really good. That's mine. <laughs> it's really not mine. It's the Lord's. But when the person was preaching it, I called Jesse in, and I was grieving because the way it was coming out had no love in it. So I went to Jess, and I said, babe, is that what happens in my meetings? Is that, do, do we make people feel like we feel right now watching this? She goes, no. I learned something there. It's not just about what you say. It's only yours if it's in the heart. And once God gives it to you, nobody can take it. Nobody can take it. Now, there's, I don't, uh, I like what Mike Bickle says. The only copyright issue I have is your right to copy what I'm preaching. I wish the whole world would preach Jesus. But if you don't meet him and you just talk about him, people will know. They'll know. It won't land. So when Jesus is speaking here, he is saying, this is me. This is what I'm like. This is who I am. So when he said, do not commit adultery in the Ten Commandments, it was beyond mere lawful instruction. He was trying to tell Israel, I will never cheat on you. Remember, beneath every command is the nature of God. So you have to go a layer deeper and say, he said that because he is that. Are you with me? So when Jesus says, the Son of Man has come to seek and save them that are lost, he, he is Savior. That's why he's saying it. Have you, have you wondered why Jesus never preached a single sermon on the topic of healing? It's because he is it. He is healing. He shows up. So there was no topic needed. So Jesus is. He is. He doesn't necessarily give. He is. Do you follow me? When he gives life, he gives you himself. There is no life separate from the Lord. So he's giving himself to us. So I want us, as we look here at the Beatitudes, to realize that the front door of his heart is opening. It's the greatest invitation in the world. He's super jealous of this thing. Not everyone gets it. I want you to hear me. Hear me. Not everybody goes where I'm about to tell you to go. It's, it's reserved for a few. The invitation is there, but most people stop shy. They stop shy because they want stuff, spiritual stuff, spiritual lingo and principle, and not the Lord himself. Let me tell you something. If we preach spiritual principles and leave Jesus out of it, it's not Christian. You're like, yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's morality. And if you go a step lower, it's just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is basic elementary Christianity. No Christ, no Christianity. No Jesus. It is, cannot be Christian. This is way deeper than just self-improvement. Do you follow me? So what I'm talking about right now is the depths of the heart of God. This is reserved for people who have a singular focus. And if you're willing to die to go there, you can. The door's open. The veil's been rent. Jesus said, and this, when he speaks, his word 
is communicated forever. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. When he said, if you come unto me, I will by no means cast you away. It's not in his nature to repel you. But when we embrace a lesser lover, it's like what Bill says, the further I go in him, the less I can take with me. First love is only love. First love encompasses and fills every other love. A uh, uh, security guard spoke to Jesse and I last night. Uh, it was so funny. I was driving past him in a car, and he, uh, he goes, you, do you feel the Holy Spirit sometimes? He's just now getting into the Lord. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all the time? He's like, you actually feel him? You feel it? I go, not in it. He. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. He. He goes, well, man, I try. I'm trying to read my Bible. Like you told me, one hour a night, I said. No, I gave him, I said, read your Bible, one chapter, chapter a night. Every night. Because he was struggling with, with sleeping. And he was trying to it seemed, fit Jesus into his life. Jesus won't have that. So I said to him, I said, let me ask you a question. Are you married? He goes, yeah. He goes, oh, she's so beautiful, I can't believe she married this ugly guy. That's what he said. I didn't say, yeah, you're right, but I was thinking. <laughs> he goes, man, she, that's how every husband should feel. Right, Chris? Yeah, amen. <laughs> so he, he's like, I don't know why she married me. I said, I have a question. If on your wedding day, when your wife came down the aisle and she took your hand and she looked at you and said, hey, I love you, 74%. What would you have done in the wedding? He goes, oh, that would have been bad. <laughs> what groom would feel great about that? So when we make Jesus a supplement, he has an issue with that. He's not okay with that. Now here's the problem. In the Christian world, we are so robotic that we actually believe we have first love and never take a moment to allow the Lord to measure it. Oh, I love first love. I have first love. Do you know you can battle heresy your whole life and never love the Lord? Oh, it's out there. It's rampant. Jesus said, hey, I'm so glad you addressed the Nicolaitans in the book of Revelation, that you fought heresy, you called out false apostles, but I have this against you. You don't love me. That means all of that doesn't count. And then he said, return from the heights that you've fallen from. So first love is not like a small deal. According to the Lord, to lose it is to fall from a height, from the mountaintops. That means to have it is to ascend the height. Listen to me. You get this, you get it all. You get this, you get it all. I do not, I mean, gosh, have, you, have I ever given you a PowerPoint? You guys still come. We don't have a smoke machine. We don't have it. I mean, that's, our, that's it right here. We've got a dove flying toward the church this time, thank God. <laughs> Instead of away, our old, like I said, graphic, the dove was going that way. Thank God. We, that, that's like the best we can do. We turned it this way. Our logo is Jesus. We have nothing. We have nothing more to give you because there is no more than him. You can't have more than him. 
You say, well, that's just for you. No, no, I'm married. I am married and so are you. If you get this, you would be so free. You'd be free to love everyone. You wouldn't have time to hold on to a grudge. You wouldn't. You'd go, I can't let that get in the way of him. He's too beautiful. You wouldn't have time to go on like these witch hunts and figure out why everyone's wrong because as Eric Gilmore says, I don't have time to look at you. He's too beautiful to turn away from. I don't want to look at you. I love you, but I'm stuck, man. I'm in love. I'm looking at Jesus. You would be so free if you fell in love. And there's a way to know. This is how you know. Nothing else really matters. You're like, what? Well, how do you steward stuff that doesn't matter? You steward it with him. And when you see him in it all, you gladly steward it. You gladly steward. So when I'm throwing a football with Theo or playing basketball with Benny or doing, shooting a pellet gun with these guys, I'm not going, this is God time and this is pellet gun time. It's all Jesus time. The whole, how do you do that? You sense the Lord in your heart. You sense his pleasure that he gave me my children. He gave me my children, so that means I can be with him when I'm with them and that he's happy. I feel his pleasure. This is called union with God. This is the depths of the spirit. This is John 15, abiding in the vine. They asked St. Francis of Assisi, what would you do if you knew you were going to die today? He said, what I'm doing right now. They're like, huh? He goes, I am here because God wants me here. When you're in the will of God and in love, you're at rest. You're at peace. You'll never find rest until you find it in him. That's what St. Augustine said. My soul will never find rest until I rest in thee. I want you to cancel and destroy and let God assassinate tonight everything you know of Christianity that does not have Jesus in it, that is not filled with it. Remove it. That being said, his words reveal who he is. And I love who he is. I love who he is. I think he's awesome. And if I ever change the topic, please just smash me. Smash me. Do you know in heaven we're not going to be talking about a bunch of peripheral issues? What is heaven's, what is heaven's obsession? There is a lamb. In the midst of the throne. And he is the only one worthy to open the scroll. So we pray, I want heaven on earth. Okay, do you want heaven's obsession? Because if you get heaven on earth, you're going to be absolutely addicted to Jesus. I mean, I think Gabriel's cool and all of, and Michael, I, I love the name Michael. But I want to I be with Jesus. Of course, it would be great to talk to Abraham one day and ask him what that was like to offer Isaac and what it felt to be Samson and just destroy Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to ask them. But I want to be with Jesus. Right there. He is heaven's obsession. So when I receive his words, listen, I receive his heart. I receive the depths of who he is. So tonight I want to talk about being a peacemaker. Look at verse 9. Blessed, are you there? Say yes. Say Jess. All right. <laughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called sons of God. That's pretty amazing. Say peace maker. Say that again. Peace maker. All right. Take your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. I want you to look at verse 2. Hey, Chad, do you have your Bible? Can you grab a mic, buddy? I feel the Lord. He's happy. Okay, read that. Yes, sir. He said, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Read, read, what version do you have? Amplified. Amplified. Yes, sir. It should read, Our Father. I'll read from the top. I'll read it from there. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father. Say, Our Father. Our Father. All right, that changes the game. The moment it's Our Father, that means God does value us. He values you absolutely. But he also values the collective unity of the body. He is the head of the, not just the head of you. All right, that tells me something. If we find unity under the banner of Jesus, my breakthrough becomes yours. Do you know when you hoard breakthrough? It's because Jesus is less important to you than you. If I hide my breakthrough and don't give it to you, it's because I want to be the breakthrough. You missed, oh, jeez. Did y'all go to Disney today or something? What happened to you? If I keep it for me and don't freely give what's been freely given to me, I am making it about me. When I realize that he is our father, all of a sudden you matter to me. So when your mom dies of cancer, that's an issue with me. That is not okay with me. It is not us four and no more. We should take issue when poverty is running rampant in the body of Christ and that there are moms who are struggling to feed their children. That should bother me. It should bother me. So all of a sudden... Jesus talks about this prayer, this corporate prayer environment that begins with our Father. You say, what does that have to do with peacemaking? A lot. Because the moment you get others involved, you have this issue called issues. And it will require peacemaking, not division making. I'm going to get there in a moment. So to have peace, write this down, you need to learn how to make peace. You have to actually make peace. When you do that, you become a peacemaker. And the Lord will make sure that people know you as a child of God. You will gain the reputation of being a child of God. So it begins with that, our Father. Look at Proverbs 17, 5. 
No, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm pulling the compound bow back tonight, Chris. We are going for it. We are punching this thing in the mouth tonight. Life's too short to, to screw around. Look at Proverbs 17.5. Whoever mocks the poor shows contempt to his maker. Absolutely. Amen. But I want to touch on this second portion. He that is glad at calamities shall not go unpunished. The NIV says this, whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Ah, so when your enemy suffers, do not celebrate it. When that preacher gets plastered on the internet, do not celebrate it. Do not judge another person's servant, the scripture says. You didn't call that preacher. Don't touch him. I love what Bill says. It's only when I get down to wash their feet do I know why they walk the way they do. If you're going to criticize, wash their feet first. You might just discover why they have calluses where they do. When someone suffers, do not celebrate it. The Bible says that will not go unpunished. That is the opposite heart of being a peacemaker. Of being a peacemaker. Mercy, I touched on it last week. Mercy, actually taking a moment and taking ownership of something that maybe I don't need to take ownership of. If, I'm, if, I, be, if I become involved in an issue you're walking in, that's me showing mercy. It actually leads me in to peacemaking. But never, ever, ever celebrate somebody's tragedy. Say amen, Okay. So much good stuff here. Luke chapter 12, verse 5. Luke 12, 5. Sorry. Luke 12, 57. Jenna's like, you're not even close. <laughs> I'm glad you like that, Jenna. <laughs> Luke 12, 57. You ready? Yes, and why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate or the judge, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer. And the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there until you have paid the very last mite. Look at uh, verse 57. Why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? What's the principle here? You got an issue with Joe? Handle it with Joe. Don't bring Joe and Tito and Larry and everybody into it and then believe that it's about Joe. It's not just about Joe at that point. You can't, listen to this. You cannot get God's breakthrough without God's process. You cannot. You cannot get God's healing and reconciliation without God's process. So in the kingdom, when you have an issue 
with Larry, you go to Larry. You talk to Larry about it. This is the whole Matthew 18 principle. At which point you bring other brethren in. If that doesn't work, you take it to the church. But the scripture here is saying, look, deal with it yourselves. Now here's the problem in this generation. Is that we are more comfortable posting than confronting. You better say something. I watch, I said this before, I watch young people date today with cell phones. They're at a restaurant, they're both looking at their cell phones, staring at their cell phones. At the end of it, the girl goes, we didn't connect. Of course you didn't connect. You're on Instagram. How do you connect? How do you go on a date? And look at cell phones. So we are programmed to not directly confront. That is not scriptural. So we bring others into it, and all of a sudden, the devil gets involved. God's process has been uprooted. And the whole time we wonder, why did God let this happen? It's not God letting it happen. is we're not doing it according to the Scriptures. When we do it according to the Scriptures, we build a framework for the life of God to flow. How many issues, how many broken families are represented here? How many broken relationships have we walked through that could have ended if two people would have sat down together, looked each other in the eye, taken the low road, been truthful, been truthful, make restitution, clean up the mess God's way, and just be forgiving. You put all that together, all of a sudden you have something called peacemaking. There is never a need for a peacemaker if there's not the presence of an issue. And do you know you'll have issues as long as there are people involved? <laughs> Wait, let me just have a little fun here. You'll have issues as long as you're involved. You don't even need somebody else. Just sit in your room for a little bit with you. And if you really want to get bad, get a mirror. And then now, now you've got four more issues. That Oh, my God, is that really me? That's really you. That's you. What am I going to do? So... As long as we exist, there will be the presence of issues. But if listen to me. If you can carry enough of God, enough presence, and have enough word in you, people will come to you and ask for peace. Help me make peace. Help me, help me experience healing in this area of my life. You step into that place with God, now all of a sudden the world knows you have a Father in heaven. I admire leaders who don't reject the fallen because they fell and aren't afraid. Let me say it like this. Who don't run away from painful situations because they're trying to protect their name. I admire people who get in the mud with people. I admire that. These are the peacemakers. Romans 4, verse 19. Therefore, let us pursue, say pursue, the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. What? Oh, 14, sorry. 14, 19. You're like, he's reading a 
very different version. 1419. Sorry, Chris. 14. That's 414. Whatever. Don't even pay attention to that thing. Let, there it is. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. The New King James says the things that we must pursue the things that make for peace. Let me give you a few things that make for peace. Promoting a brother or sister above yourself. Celebrating their victory. Celebrating their promotion. Those things make for peace. You ready for another one? Praying for your enemies. They make for peace. Here's another one. If you bless your enemies, you actually heap coals on their heads. And I, like I said last week, don't bless them just so their heads can get fried. <laughs> that is called, well, rem- <sighs> never manipulate the Lord. Don't do that. As I tell our students, he's looking for incense, not a potion. Don't, don't, don't play games there. Give out of authenticity, out of a genuine heart, and follow the Holy Spirit. These are things that make for peace. Want to give you more? Bless those who persecute you. Ooh, what? I want you to begin realizing that you need those persecutors in your life. If you're going to get to where you need to go in God, you need them. And because you need them, I want you to begin blessing them. When they hurt you the most, as David did in the Psalms, begin to pray for them like you would pray for your family. That's what David said I do. David said, I prayed for my enemies like I prayed for my mother and my brothers, for my family. So those people who hate you, who don't like you, you don't understand why, instead of taking up issue with them in your heart, begin to pray. Pray what? God's best over them. And then you're like, well, what if he actually does it? That's the point. That's the point. Why is this important? Because you're only as free as you can go deep in this area. The person you hate is not bound by you. You are bound by the hate for that person. They're not. That dude's over, like, he's out. He's eating ice cream. He's over there having an ice cream. He's lactose tolerant. He's over there enjoying himself. And there you are locked up in your room hating them. He's just having a great time. The devil's using it against you. He's using it against you. Why? Why do I have to be this way? Because Jesus is that way. Pursue the things which make for peace. And I want you to look at the end of that verse. That end of that verse. And things wherewith one may edify one another. You ready for this? It's tough to edify you with you. Now you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. That you need to learn. But it's really hard to speak greatly of you, especially in front of other people. That can actually become nauseating. You ever met people who all they talk about is them? You're like, 
I, I knew that. I, yeah, I got that. Totally, you're awesome. And then after 10 minutes, you start short-circuiting. And so you're like, I, I want to leave. I just want to go. But, but, but listen, listen, it's a different dynamic when they speak kindly of you to you. So with my words, I actually listen to this. If I give you access to me, I am giving you access to the presence of God and the blessing. I'm not saying this about me. If any of you give access to someone to be close to you, you actually have the capability to bring them into an encounter with the presence of God. How? By merely speaking the word of God to them. I don't have to bring you through a fire tunnel, though whatever. We'll do it. I mean, I'm, I'm in. Like, I jumped off the cliff a long time ago. But I don't have to do that. I can just, I can quote John 3.16 to you. And the presence of God is there. Why? Because his words are spirit and life. I can edify you, listen, by seeing in you what you don't even see in you. That's what happened to Gideon. The Lord shows up, mighty men of valor. He's like, I'm hiding in a threshing floor. It's super easy to criticize people and to figure out why they're all wrong. It's way more challenging and actually requires a life with the Holy Spirit to see greatness in people who don't even see it in them. Typically, when they don't see it in them, they're the ones you want to work with. The ones who see all the greatness... They're the ones who need a sozo. <laughs> I love helping people who feel like they don't know anything. I mean, I don't want them to have a bad self-image. But the deeper I go in the Lord, I'm like, I really don't know much. Yeah. I love that spirit. It's called this, meekness. It's called meekness. They're pliable. They're, they're, they're willing to learn. So when you edify someone, this is what you're doing. You're pursuing the things that make for peace. Now, now check this out. Somebody being edified by you actually creates a peaceful environment. That means the more powerful people you have in an environment, the more peace you have. That's the kingdom. If I have a bunch of powerful people and a bunch of weak people, that's where the clash takes place because the insecurity in the weak and the security in the powerful, all of a sudden, you've got a situation. The devil wants us to believe that I can only have peace if I lord over you. That's not the Lord's way. The Lord's way is this, that everybody step in through edification to their God-given nature and destiny, and then peace comes. Peace begins to flow. This is part of peacemaking. All right, give me a few more minutes. You enjoying this? I hope so. Took a long time. Second Corinthians five. Gosh, this is so powerful. Verse sixteen. I know some of you. You're like, you know, I didn't come in from another state to hear the Bible. I came for the presence of God. Well, remember, his breath releases his word. You can't separate the two. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. 
Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Say, thank you, Jesus. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not, now listen up closely, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us, say me, to the word of reconciliation. Say, I am called to bring reconciliation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Say this, God reconciled the world. He reconciled me through Christ and brought me, say this, brought me to the Lord. Now hear the scripture, don't say this part. <laughs> hear the scriptures are committing us to the word of reconciliation, not to the word of division. Anybody can kick a sinner when they're down. Anyone. Anyone can beat someone when they're down. It takes a mighty person of the spirit to go, I'm pulling you out of the mud by the authority of the scriptures. I've come with a word of reconciliation. God's desire is to always reconcile and as long as there as long as we are a family which we are the lord's prayer begins with our father that is family language the moment he set that pattern and set that in motion reconciliation is our mandate so if you hurt me i am always keeping this option of reconciliation in the depths of my heart now you have to clean your mess and do the right thing so that I can trust you again. But I'm never just throwing you away. I'm not, Jesus didn't throw you away. Aren't you glad? How many of us deserve to be thrown away? I don't know about you guys. Remember your college days? I do. I don't deserve to be up here. None of us deserve to be in this room tonight. We've all been called to the ministry of reconciliation. This is being a peacemaker. Say amen. amen. Uh, that one's too heavy for now. For it'll be we'll be ready in about a week. Romans sixteen seventeen. Romans 16, 17. You there? I'll give you a moment. I'm being a peacemaker. There you go. Romans 16, 17. Listen. Now I urge you, brethren. Listen. Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Another scripture is mark those. Mark them. Note them. Take note of divisive people. You're like, dude, that's intense. I know. Didn't write it. We talked to Paul one day. He said mark them. 
something in you, like a siren, should go off when you are around divisiveness. It should make you feel gross. Like, uh, that, no, I'm not doing that. Certainly don't join it in the name of spirituality. What, what do you mean? Oh, this is what I mean. Man, if I were, if I were preaching there, if I were preaching there, I would do it way differently. And someone's telling you this, but you don't really care at that point. You're like, yeah, but bro, you're not preaching there. You're here. How are they going to hook you? By going, I think you're as anointed as that person. You could do that. Do you think they really believe that, or are they trying to get you involved in the divisiveness? Oh, if, 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 uh, if I were that person's wife, oh, my word. If I were that pastor, I would never let that person lead. If I were preaching there, I would have said this. I know, but you are on a uh, beanbag, <laughs> eating Doritos, <laughs> criticizing someone who qualified. I don't know what, what happened to me. <laughs> you are. That's what are called armchair quarterbacks. For those of you who are married, backseat drivers. But you're not there. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking this perspective. This is what I want you to think like. You're not there. Huh. You're not doing that. Wait. It's either your fault or God's. Or maybe God just didn't position you there. And you want me to believe that the reason you're not there is because God missed you. He, he had bad vision that day. He was blurry. Or you want me to believe that someone who's not nearly as mighty as the Father, whom alone can appoint us, someone stole your destiny. Nobody can steal your destiny. Only you can give it away. Wait, how, can you, how can a man steal a destiny that God breathed? I feel the anointing. How? Only you can sell your birthright. You want a bowl of soup? Take it. Marry that person. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Drink it. Drink the drink. Go ahead and marry him. Go ahead. You want to choose Ishmael? I promise you, he'll be around for a long time. He, he's not going to go anywhere. And then we blame God for not taking him out. A thorn in the flesh lasts a long time. A long time. We blame the Lord. I, I, as you guys know, I played golf for a living. I, I love watching guys on the, in, their, in their house go. Watching a guy who does it every day. 12 hours a day. He wakes up at 4. He runs bleachers. He works out. He hits balls till noon. Eats for an hour. Practices again till dark. Every day. That's what they do. Every single day. Then they get an ice bath and stretch and get a massage. And they do it again. And they're on the road six weeks at a time. And then there's this dude. You know, over in Windermere. He's just like, how did he miss that putt? Sweetie, if I were there, 
Come look at your husband. He's amazing. You know, if, if I were there, if, 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 if I were right there, I, w- I would not have. How did he miss that? I'm going, have you ever tried it? It looks a lot easier from your recliner. Way easier. But that happens in the church. It's called division. And let me tell you something. I don't believe in glorifying the devil. He is a loser. But at the same time, uh, he's, he's not the pushover the church thinks he is. He's not. That being said, I, I'm, I'm not quick to say that is demonic. Because a lot of stuff is just people's fault. <laughs> it's just people's fault, you know. We just make, oops. You like that, babe? We just make bad decisions. But this thing here, this divisiveness, that's a full-blown devil. That's not you making a bad call. That's you being invited into a world of darkness. So Paul says, mark it, mark them. You, you should itch in your spirit. To, I'm, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not criticizing that. I'm not going there. I, I will not. I will not lift my voice against that. I've got enough issues here. Let's be real. Let's just be real here. Don't we deal with enough of our own stuff at times? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of work to do on me. I need the Lord Jesus. If I take one day outside of his presence, I am a different version of me. It's not a good one. <laughs> mark them. Don't hate them. Mark them. Go, mm, no, that's not my world. I will not hang out with divisive people. I will not. By nature, listen, it is anti-God because the Lord is three in one. He is three in one gladly. Listen to me. He is gladly three in one. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord our God is one, Father, Son, and Spirit. Unity is the nature of the Trinity. Divisiveness is the nature of the devil. Mark it. Mark it. Take note of it. All right. Five more minutes. That was a long six minutes. Listen, James 3, I'm going to end here. I can't end here. It's too much. Uh, because I just can't leave you on this scripture. <laughs> I'm going to have to just do something nice for you after the scripture. You ready? James 3, verse 16. You say, why is this important? You cannot live in the presence of God without these truths. You cannot. James 3, verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, and, circle this, every, every, every evil thing are there. Let me say that again. Where envy and self-seeking or strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 
Every evil work is present when we are jealous and envious, seek to promote us above our brother, and cause strife. You unload the hordes of hell. Something we're going to have to master is this. I am so glad God blessed you. I am so, I'm, I need a healing in my body. I don't understand why he healed you. You weren't even born again. But now you are, but you weren't when you got healed. And I have had a bun. I'm a, I am an old Pentecostal woman. I've had a bun. I have not worn deodorant in 15 years. I will not wear makeup. I will not shave my armpits. And you got healed. You got healed. I think it's Jesus' pleasure just to heal the person who doesn't think they know it all. We've got to move from that perspective to this. I am so glad you got healed. I am so glad. I am so glad that your son got saved. You've only been praying for him for two weeks. I've been praying for 20 years. As I celebrate that, God goes, you're signing up for your breakthrough. You're signing up because that is a seed sown. It's a seed sown. If I live with this perspective, I am opening the floodgates for hell. Every evil work dwells in this atmosphere. I want what you have. And I don't like you because you have it. I'm not talking about eagerly coveting the gifts of the Spirit. I'm saying this. I want your position. I don't want to sit here. I want to sing there. And because I'm sitting here and you're singing there, even though I've never spoken to you, I have an issue with you. That's how it happens. You will always find self-promotion and strife holding hands. But when you find Jesus on your own, it doesn't matter if you're singing or breakdancing in the back. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because you're not my food. I have another, another food source. I have bread that comes down, help me, that comes down from heaven. Help me, David. <laughs> I have bread. I have bread. Do you remember what happened when Korah's clan wanted to do Moses' job? They said, oh, you're the only one who hears from the Lord? Are you the only one? I'm your family. You brought us out of Egypt. And now we're going to die in this wilderness. You need to be careful. Sometimes the people closest to you are the last to see that God's hands on you. Listen to this. Even if they prayed it into existence. Listen. They can pray it into existence. And then when it happens, if they're not secure in their own heart, they'll forget they ever prayed it. And won't recognize oil on you. So Korah, here, he, he's like, are you, wait, you, you're not the only one who hears from God. Aaron, Aaron and Miriam, same thing. Moses marries an Ethiopian woman. They go, do you think you're the only one who hears from God? That's where they cross the line. Never get involved in the bridal chamber that only belongs to that person in the Lord. Don't step foot in the bridal chamber. The Bible says Moses and God spoke as a man speaketh to his friend. They were okay to have an issue until they said, 
are you the only one who hears from God? At that point, they left their jurisdiction. They weren't speaking as family. They were talking about his calling. They crossed the line. God said, no, no, no. I speak to Moses as a man speaks. I speak to him face to face. With you, I speak in riddles, but not with him. What's the point? This is the point. When the Lord, when Moses rebuked Korah's clan, he said, listen very closely. Was it a small thing for you to minister unto the Lord? You wanted Moses' job? You're a Levite. Is it a small thing that I called you to minister to me? I'm telling you, listen. Listen. You walk this road, God can bless your socks off. It'll never be good enough for you. This road of divisiveness, this road of self-promotion, this road of me, 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 me. God can give you blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. And as long as you are exposed to somebody else who has something different, you'll go, that's mine too. And that's what happened to Korah. That's what happened here. And then Moses said, is it a small thing that you get to minister to Jesus? I feel the Holy Spirit saying that to all of us tonight. Leave the assignments to God. Is it a small thing that we all get to minister to the Lord himself? Just, just, just close your eyes right where you are. I want to take authority over all this stuff. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to every fallen thought, every perspective, every lie you've been believing, and I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. I rebuke all the self-serving stuff that you've been stuck in, the self-promotion, the jealousy, and because of that, you've been like a prisoner of your own. Holy Spirit, remind us all how good you've been all these years. Remind us of what you pulled us out of. Remind us of those moments where we said, Lord, if you just use me here, and you did, and we forgot. So, Father, return it now. Bring it back into remembrance, Holy Spirit. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring the moment of their salvation back. The moment you fell on them in power. The moment you healed that family member. The moment you answered that prayer and the, that brother got saved. Jesus, do it. Do it, Lord. Do it. Do it, Father. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want you to just take a moment right now. I, I honestly, I feel this. I feel like there is so much freedom here. I'm, I'm going to ask you right now. I ask the Lord to just look into the depths of your heart. And if you need to just repent right now, just do it. He'll, he'll, he will. He's so loving. He's so loving. If you need to repent right now, maybe some of you need to get down here. Maybe it's like a step. God will meet you on that step. If you've been bound to this stuff, like you feel like I cannot find joy because I'm always looking at what someone else has. Or I've been part of divisive conversation, divisive perspective. I want you to, you can come up. I want you to get down here. Yeah, bless you. That is the Lord. The Lord will honor that. Come. The Lord will honor that. That is the heart that the Lord honors right there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to be a peacemaker. You're like, I'm done with this. If you've spoken against people whom the Lord has anointed 
You've judged them. The Bible says this. I, I, this, is, this is just the work of God. The Bible says, judge not so that you will not be judged. You sow judgment, the harvest is judgment. If you want to come tonight, you just want to get right. You're like, I'm not. I'm not. I am not that. I'm not going there. I don't want to harvest judgment. I, I, many of us have judged another person's servant, and that person is the king of kings. It is no small matter. That's what the, the, the Lord spoke to Israel. Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Were you not afraid? God wasn't saying, did you not think twice about it? He said, what was wrong? Wasn't there a holy fear when you lifted your tongue against the servants of the Lord? You say, I'm not just talking about preachers. I'm talking about your mom. I'm talking about your dad. I'm talking about that person that you never even saw the presence of God on. And the Lord's highlighting that person now. I want you to get down here. It's that step. You take, you take that step and God begins to break it off you. I'm telling you, I've seen breakthrough happen just the moment the step is taken. Thank you, Father. I know this is heavy, but we need it. We need to do work here. We need to uproot this thing. We need to, this is a perspective that, that, that God can't work with. And if God wants to abide in his glory, uh, that this cannot, it cannot be here. The fire of God, it cannot abide here. It, the fire of God will actually attack these perspectives. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you glory. This is the deep work of the Lord. Don't let it scare you. This is the deep conviction of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, the Lord, the Lord even hears our inner thoughts. When he said, when he told Sarah that he'd come back and she'd be pregnant when he came, she laughed in her heart, the Bible says, and God heard it and rebuked it. She said, I didn't laugh. He goes, you did laugh in your heart. So this is an invitation tonight to even get renewed in the mind. If your default button is to judge, if your default button is to divide, I want you to get down here tonight. You'll be free. And nobody will be happier that you're free than you. I promise you. You'll be free. You'll be able to love. You'll be able to see the best in people. You'll be able to call greatness out of people, to find the gold that nobody else can find. Many of you have been called, I feel this very strongly, to be leaders. You cannot lead unless you're free of this. I feel the Lord inviting leaders tonight. And God will begin to break this off you as you begin to repent and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And God will begin trusting you with people. He loves people. He can't entrust you with people if, if you're programmed to divide what he longs to unite. It's what Jesus prayed. Father, let them be one, even as you and I are one. Thank you, Jesus. This is very holy. Now, I'd like our team, uh, Julie, just get, 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 get some crew together here. I want us to begin going around and just praying. Raul, the, yeah, Bailey, Kelamar, our crew. 
Allie, come on. Come on. Thank you, Father. Amanda, Chris, come on. Just, I want us to get hands, hands on people. I want the team. I want us to stand here in love now. And just let, let, I want you to begin just speaking and declaring the love of God and freedom, freedom over them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I need the oil. I need the every oil. I need the Thank you, Father. Just begin ministering to them. Thank you, Father. River, Dom, come on. You guys get out there. Praise you, Lord. This is deep, precious work. This is precious work. This is what Jesus talked about. When he said, the man appeared, beating, saying, Lord, I can't even believe you allow me into your presence. Forgive me. That's who God was drawn to. Come on, I want our team just to begin declaring life. If you're sitting there in your seats tonight, stretch your hands, stretch your hands, that a deep work would take place. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your Holy Spirit just begin to fall. Let your Holy Spirit begin to fall and forgive our judgment. Forgive our perspectives. Forgive our celebrating an enemy's collapse. Teach us to love our enemies. Teach us to bless those. This is powerful. Teach us to bless those who persecute us. Make us like Jesus. Let our hearts cry out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Give us this kind of heart. Give us this heart, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jocelyn, Janae, come on. In the name of Jesus, Lord, give us this heart. Aaron, get on in there. Jimmy, come on. You guys start praying. Aaron and Jimmy, get in there. Father, give us this heart. Give us this heart. Now, freedom, let freedom flow. Now, rebuke every spirit of accusation tonight in Jesus' name. Rebuke you in Jesus' name. You leave now. Holy Spirit, mark, mark, mark these lying thoughts tonight. Let your love flow. Let your love flow. Give us your heart, Jesus. Let us see people the way you see them. Make us... Let us be a humble people. When we have a plank in our eye, Jesus, don't let us see a speck in our brothers. I praise you, Father. Forgive our sin, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive our sin. Now fill them as they've come. Now watch. The Lord's going to begin filling many of you with the joy and the presence of the Holy Spirit. As you've come and you've gotten real with God, God gets real with you. Father, in Jesus' name, begin to fill them with joy unspeakable and full of glory now. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Hey, Dom, come up here, will you? Praise you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch, touch all over. 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 Touch. Touch all over, Father. 
touch. Fill, fill, Lord. Fill, 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 fill. In the name of Jesus, fill. Fill. Touch, Lord, touch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all. Say, I'm sorry, Father. Forgive my sin. And He will. He will. He'll never remember it again. Just say it out loud. Say, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. there just begin worshiping Jesus Come, babe. Thank you, Lord. Just let the Lord touch you. Praise you, Father, for the power of your word. praying right there, I just really felt like God is going to start letting everyone in here see yourself the way the Lord sees you. And you're so loved by Jesus. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And my prayer for you tonight is that you will see yourself the way you deserve to be seen. And any accusation or any word that have ever been spoken against you that doesn't line up with the word of God, that you would know that's a lie. 
and you are loved and you are worthy to be loved and you are beautiful beyond you could, anything you could ever imagine. So yeah, Jesus, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're gonna give us a revelation tonight of the love of Jesus, a revelation tonight of the love of the Father, God, that you will heal the broken hearts, Jesus. You'll heal the broken hearts, Jesus, God. And you'll teach us to love, God. You'll teach us to love others, but you'll teach us to love ourselves, God, because this all comes down to us not loving ourselves. We criticize others and we judge others because we're not happy with ourselves, God. And we don't focus on you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, teach us to love. Teach us to love, Lord. Oh, I pray that we fall madly in love with Jesus. Because when Jesus is our focus, that's where everything goes. All the focus goes on him. We don't have time to worry about what's not happening. And we're just so in love. We're so in love. So let us gaze at your beauty. We just want to gaze at your beauty, Lord. Yeah. Set us free tonight, Jesus. Let all those that are bound, God, be free tonight in Jesus' name. Yeah, I, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'll erase even the memories of the judgment, Lord, the memories of the hurt, the scars and the pain, God, that you'll even erase the memory, God, and fill us with joy tonight, Jesus. Fill us with joy in the name of Jesus and peace, supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. You give your beloved rest. His peace is ours for the taking. It's yours. Receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Receive it tonight in the name of Jesus. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.